Hey guys, welcome back to Digital Artcast. Um, another episode coming at you from um, Bonnie, Scotland, in the UK. Um, my name is Gordon Neal. I'm here to entertain and educate you guys on some of the biggest artists in the industry, um, and of course, um, just talk about life in general, art in general, and hope that it uh, informs and, and makes your day a little bit better. Um, there's a couple of artists that I've had on a kind of hit list of mine for a while. Um, I'm kind of working my way through them. Um, most of them <laughs> comprise from my experiences at uh, Trojan Horse in 2018. Uh, a lot of the speakers I saw there and a couple of the guys that I met during the, the event. Um, <clears throat> this artist that I'm about to bring on was one of the, the key speakers at THU 2018, where he talked about his overall career um, and his experience working in, in VR recently as well. Um, I've tried to get him on for a little while now, but uh, obviously scheduling conflicts as it always happens with most of the bigger artists. Um, trying to get him on because he was he was busy or he was tied in something else. But finally, um, he's managed to come on today to talk to us about his career and uh, hopefully um, some bits and pieces and snips of what he thinks the future of VR art is going to look like, um, since he is probably one of the most foremost experts at the moment um, in that field. Um, so please uh, welcome along my guest for today. Um, that is Gio Nakbill. Hi, Gio. How's it going? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, man. It's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, thanks for giving up your time for coming on today. Um, so funny thing, we were talking about this uh, just before we started recording, mm -hmm. but um, this is your first ever podcast. Uh, yes, it is. So I just recently did a, a my first ever live stream with uh, Pixelogic, and so mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the the more social aspects of um, being an artist uh, online has always been in, intriguing to me, and you know, live mm -hmm. live streams and podcasts, one of them, have mm -hmm. always been sort of on my uh, hit list of things to to, to do. kind of to do. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for for this. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I'm honored, man. It's it's definitely, I think it's it's also kind of weird sometimes where you get the instance of some of the bigger artists in the industry that have had a lot of exposure, but then, um, you know, at this point, if I'd interviewed anybody else uh, or most of the people that are kind of been around for a while, they would have done some or some variation of this. Um, but then, of course, you've probably done a lot of um, talks or maybe just demonstrations at events. Um, so this is like just your first podcast, but you've also done a lot of um teaching or talking or, or or you know like even thu that was that like a first thing for you as well or oh no no i've 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 done a lot of workshops and and more sort of um presentation type stuff in, in front mm -hmm. of people which you know uh, which i love doing um yeah I, I think uh kind of more of uh sort of this type of setup has, has been lacking in sort of my experience yeah. and you know like uh recently i've been you know, told that Discord or o OBS and now mm -hmm. th this thing we're using here have been great yeah. for, for such things as podcasts and live streams. So, you know, it's just good to be educated overall. Like, I think I'm always game for um, learning new things. And if I am to be doing this more, like more live streams, I really want to kind of research uh, mm -hmm. the process and what programs to use. So, yeah, right. this is sort of my beginning stages uh, in, in, in exploring that world so yeah. yeah well i mean you've got you've got your my contacts anyway Joe. so i'll be happy to help at any point you need any any information so oh, yeah, um 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, again, just before we kind of dive into the, the nitty gritty of you know what you do, um, for those who are unaware of your past accomplishments, um, can you introduce yourself and give a little brief history on who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, so my name is uh, Gio Nakpil. Uh, the last name's pretty hard to pronounce, but you actually pronounced it quite perfectly. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, props to you on that one. Indeed. Thank um, you. So I'm, a, I'm an art director at Oculus right now. Um, in my previous life, I was a, uh, I, I was in the VFX virtual, oh, virtual effects, visual effects industry. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, spent 12 years at Industrial Light and Magic, um, where... You know, that was sort of like my dream job, essentially, um, kind of uh, just, you know, growing up in the movies that they've they've worked on, Star Wars, mm-hmm. all, you know, you name it, the, the yeah. familiar list for a lot of us in this industry, right? Mm-hmm. So getting to work there was um, really a life, life-changing uh, point in, in, in my, uh, my career. So right. I was there for about 12 years, worked on many, many, many films with many directors and movie franchises that really formed me as a kid uh mm-hmm. and uh in particular the last movie that i i worked on there was the avengers i was able to supervise the creature build for that show as well as um was given the opportunity to build the hulk uh yes. i mean what one aspect of it, i mean i had a team of of people but i was able to build the actual topology the skull mm-hmm. the a lot of the facial shapes, body shapes. So it was a very involved process of um, bringing that creature to life, which, you know, shaved off a lot of years in my, <laughs> in me. Well, that, was, <laughs> that was interesting as well, I think, because for me as a viewer, when I first saw um, the Avengers version of the Hulk, um, it was interesting because I think it was one of the few Hulks I'd seen that was very, uh, like a likeness of the, the Banner model. So it was the first kind of, ruffalo hulk that we saw you know where yeah. a lot of its facial features were built into the hulk whereas previous hulks had a more i think generic look and this one had obviously had to reflect mark's uh face at the time you know because mm-hmm. they wanted to see more up was that because they wanted to bring him through in the hulk and have bring have a more relatable origin for him oh yeah most definitely that was one of the main um goals that uh that that marvel um mm-hmm. Uh, stated and that was yep. internally too uh within within our team at ILM that yep. was pretty much you know if we don't achieve that then we failed essentially okay. because I think yeah that was a very important aspect of his performance to get um Mark Ruffalo's face uh grafted onto the Hulk. So you see right. you still see it. And and you know it was it was a very tricky endeavor to actually really pull that off. But um, you know we started off with Making sure that the uh, the actual digital double of, of Mark Ruffalo was on point, and mm-hmm. you know me working with the the, the Marvel art directors and our mm-hmm. internal team, we yep. we did a lot of due diligence to make sure that as we built up the Hulk face from that, we retained yep. a lot of uh, what was important uh, on Mark, which were obviously the eyes, but also uh, Mark has a very asymmetrical uh, face because. Um, he had mentioned to me when we were doing a light stage capture uh, mm-hmm. one time that he had a stroke uh, early on in his life. And so uh, uh, I believe it was the left side of his face was uh, not quite as mobile as the other side. So whenever he would blink, for example, you know, the, the other side would 
would incite more muscular activation than the other. And it's very subliminal when you, when you look at it, but you know, with knowing that I, I actually put that into the Hulk facial library and it, it really worked. I think a lot of what made people think it looked like Mark was uh, a lot of it had to do probably with more of the, uh, the way in which that asymmetry was with even the, the facial uh-huh. movement. So yeah, it, it was very interesting to kind of like, learn more about uh that stuff uh, while working on that creature yeah it was a good project Mm -hmm. no indeed i I think i caught a kind of retrospective about mark at one point and uh i think the guy has not had an easy life as an actor it seems to have been he's had been through um quite a few things in his time as as uh, with his time in hollywood anyway but Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was great to see part of that you know anatomy captured in the film i think it did bring the hulk to life i think it almost humanized them to in a sense where he's almost seen as this killing machine constantly but then i think with the take you had it brought him more down to earth and made him feel more part of the team than just a loose cannon which i thought was really interesting so yeah, um, yeah. Prop, i mean that, that was that was easy because he, he had a, he has a very um you know like friendly face and approachable so that contrast yeah. of like you know when when he's at default as the hulk not yes. angry or anything you know or, or hulking yeah, out yeah. you know he he, he actually it feels like a, a, a an approachable creature, but then when he halts out, once that contrast happens, that's when that's why it's a very interesting character because you know from from calm to rage, you see that mm-hmm. gradient, and and he's not always like you know fully flexed, angry all the time, hulking out. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. But then you look back at your um, your movie credits in general at ILM, you know the the things you got to work on, and um, it definitely you know fills me with the jealousy of most people because there's some franchises you've worked on that's just you know uh you know some you know for instance like you know you've worked on uh some of the prequel star wars um mm-hmm. i think it was episodes two and three which you know a small minority of of the guys in hollywood have, have kind of been part of so that's like a almost a badge on at this point and then of course the matrix films parts of the caribbean some of the mission impossible stuff mm-hmm. um so i mean there's there's just this whole list really of of some of the most um, defining eras in cinema that you've kind of steadily followed along as as they've came out, and that must, you know, that must uh, blow your mind at some point. You know, thinking that you've had your hand in, in these um, these genre defining films um, that have came out, and you were kind of you know at the forefront of at the time, helping with you know defining their vision and, and helping look with that artistic view. Yeah, I mean it, that 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 was the luxury of working at a place like ILM, where you know it was one of the go-to places for such movies. Uh, or you mm-hmm. know, I, I also got the chance to work at ESC for the Matrix films. Um, yeah, when when I was laid off at ILM early on, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean I think it just at, at a certain point, you know, I mean I, I still would pinch myself, like say for War of the Worlds when Spielberg des- decided to get back into sci-fi. After mm-hmm. such a lot, you know, I think his last sci-fi movie he did was E.T., you know, prior oh, wow. to. And, yeah. um, and I, I was given the opportunity to build the tripods. I was just like, holy cow. Oh, yeah, cool. so there, there were definitely many moments or, you know, seeing my name on the credits with John Williams' soundtrack at the end of episode two. Wow. Uh, yeah. you know, and, 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 but, you know, after a while, it just, you know, becomes sort of like, okay, it, I mean, after 12 years of, of working there, you know, um, you just kind of end up loving the process versus the project, you know, love, right. I ended up 
loving working with people or mm -hmm. the challenges the new challenges that were given to us like you know mm -hmm. how do we for pirates uh pull off these super detailed um creatures you know mm -hmm. and, and then we we all started using zbrush for the first time to get all of the uh the displacements because prior to that we didn't have any way to sculpturally um pull out the the detail it was all through paint so okay. it, it just suddenly became more of like you know versus rather than like oh the 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 geeky aspect of working on this director's film who i've loved since the kid it became more of like oh my gosh there's this creature that uh, they want me to do it's designed by carlos Monte for a not so well-known film but it's designed by carlos Monte, and the creature looks amazing you know it's wow. yeah. so it, it became more of that it morphed into that as 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 i started working there for a long period of time um right. yeah <laughs> yeah oh, awesome awesome so then you had this kind of huge movie career um behind you at this point you know you'd worked there for 12 years um obviously you'd done stuff before ilm as well you know you just you can kind of just appeared there you had a, mm -hmm. a life beforehand mm, yeah. um yeah for sure but then you've almost had a i don't, I don't want to use the, the word jack of all trades but then as you worked early on sculpting wasn't your initial focus right that wasn't your day job from day one right you did do other things within uh within the industry within ilm yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even before ILM, I, 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 my focus was always has always been scattered. Um, I mean, you could say yeah, jack of all trades. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like when I was in Toronto, I was working on like I was working in some post production facility dubbing tapes, mm -hmm. and I thought that was going to be my career. You right. Know, uh, and then graphic design for a multimedia company, mm -hmm. uh, and then. And then I kind of switched my focus a little bit more for like towards like hard surface modeling. I was at a DNA Productions in Texas. I had the opportunity to work on uh, Jimmy Neutron there as more of a hard surface modeler. And then I did a contract for a game company where I did like 200 spaceships, just this concepted, designed, and some creatures uh, and designed them and, and built them in 3D. So it wasn't really until ILM. And even at ILM, when I was hired there, I was hired as a hard surface modeler. Um, Okay. Oddly enough, because most of the the, the the work in the portfolio I had were mostly characters. So, but they, right. I think episode two was the first project I had there and they didn't really have any characters for me to work on. So they, they mm -hmm. had me learn like Alias Studio, you know, NURBS modeling, which, right. which was very, very uh, intimidating. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was doing that and I had to really prove myself to them that I could do characters because at that point in ILM's uh, lifespan, uh, no. the the artists there were pretty much, if you're a hard surface modeler, you were pegged as a hard surface modeler. Um, right. And I really had to, to kind of um, prove myself that I could do characters and, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I just was able to luckily impress the right people who believed mm -hmm. in me and pushed for me um, to, to start working oh. on characters yeah nice nice um so then of course you done the whole um stint ilm you had your whole career behind you then um did you go was it like an immediate move from ilm to oculus at the time oh no i went to valve actually 
before, okay. before Oculus. Um, Valve, oh, Valve, in fact, was in the picture even before ILM. Uh, okay. So I was early. It was early on in, in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that they contacted me. Um, right. This was like I think after Half Life One or or something. Oh wow! Uh, back in Counter Strike, yeah, back in this is like back in the day. So yeah. they, I, I, like, I, I was like wet behind the ears. I didn't have any experience, <laughs> but they, I had a website on GeoCities, uh, which hey. had some of my early explorations <laughs> in 3D Studio Max. Nice. And, uh, or yeah, 3D Studio Max or 3D Studio 4, whatever. And yeah, they, yeah. they saw it. Um, a gentleman there contacted me, uh, Bill, and he, he saw it. And then he, they had me fly up there in Kirkland for an interview. And it was one of those like, you know, uh, famous Valve interviews where it's like super hard. And luckily enough, I, I, I was able to get in and, and okay. they, they hired me, but I did not have enough experience to qualify for a, a TN visa, I believe. But I mean, oh, okay. to their credit, man, they're, lo- I mean, this is why I love Valve. Like they really hmm. work to, to try and get me that visa uh, back mm-hmm. then. And I still remember that to this day, like, I, I appreciate the effort that they were willing to give this like no name kid, no yeah. experienced kid uh, a chance. Um, but so that yeah. didn't end up working out. And um, but at the back of my head, I've always kept them as sort of like, man, eventually I'd want to work there. And then and then, you mm-hmm. know, Valve from that became the Valve that they are now, you know, with yeah. Steam and, and, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, uh, when when I felt like I was f- uh, feeling very stagnant at ILM, having been there for mm-hmm. 12 years, um, you know, working like after Avengers, they were like giving me like the pick of the litter, like, oh, just you can have whatever show, you know, we want you to work on this show, that show. But uh, cool. I just felt like I've, I've it's run its course in me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't feeling scared anymore. You know, I mean, right. when I say scared, it's just that sort of feeling of anxiousness. You were getting like, comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, yeah. I think I always want to feel that sense of, um, you know, the ground's not always like in place. You have to actually be <laughs> alert and and are able to react to things. And so yeah. I felt like I was I was not doing that at ILM. And also I was um, looking at the, uh, the the landscape of of the industry. You know, mm-hmm. um, as as an artist, I, I I was looking at what I was doing there, which was very specific. I was just building characters, uh, which was amazing. You know, building the the the, the most sought after characters, but right. I wasn't really expanding a lot of the other aspects of what I feel I could be of value to the industry. Um, and so, mm-hmm. and, and I felt like the that was in the realm of real time and, and games. So I wanted to, nice. I've always wanted to make that transition at some point. And, and after Avengers, I'm like, well, you know, this will be my swan song, like leave, leave on a high note. And so, um, you know, I, I was like, I contacted Valve and, you know, hoping that they would still uh, be interested in me. And, and thankfully they were, they ran me through the interview again, uh, which was really, <laughs> really hard. But uh, yeah, so I was there for about, um, about close to two years i think okay yeah close to two years and it was it was an amazing time (laughs) yeah i can imagine but then could you talk about at all what you worked on or was that something that didn't see the other day or uh i would i I don't know what Val's policy is about like talking too much in detail about the culture there but i I mean i worked on like uh some of the games so i kind of want to 
not touch too much on that because I don't want to. Oh, good, Jim. So I just want to be respectful yeah. of that. No, no. It's always it's just always interesting to find mm -hmm. if uh, if you knew what you were doing there, it would have been interesting just to see how yeah. they, they utilize your skills. But but then of course, uh, you were there for just under two years, and then was it were Oculus fishing mm -hmm. for you at the time as well, or was that some? Did you approach them or? Yeah, no. So Oculus, um, well, I was contacted uh, by Oculus, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, I was like, oh yeah, I've always been trying to keep up with the VR scene, especially you know after, during their Kickstarter days. You know, that mm -hmm. was that was sort of big. Uh, so I was, I was I was always intrigued. I mean, VR for me has always been a staple in sci-fi, right? Like, and yeah, being a fan of sci-fi, I've, I've always been like, man, I'll never see this in my lifetime, and then. Boom, Oculus is here. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they all they had to do to uh, it, it was really tough leaving Valve because Valve is like the Shangri La, in my opinion, of, of the oh, wow. industry. Like, if you're there, like, yeah, I'm going to be here for life. And that was my <laughs> plan. Um, but yeah, a part of me, again, was like, well, the, not that I was feeling comfortable at Valve, far from it. You know, there, yeah. there was a lot of things to learn. A part of my gut was saying that maybe you'd want to get into this um, thing that's that's kind of a bubbling up here, this this new thing called VR. Right. And uh, a part of me was thinking, yeah, this is this sounds like something I cannot uh, that I will kick myself over if I if I missed out on 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 this one, uh, this yeah, Oculus this Oculus opportunity. And so, yeah, um, I pretty much. Uh, took a gamble by leaving Valve and, and in my opinion the gamble paid off. I mean I'm I'm you know right now doing art in virtual reality using Oculus Medium and that's like I'm in I'm in heaven, you know, working yeah. working in, in, in VR right now in the art scene. Um, of sort of being on the forefront of that. Yeah. Well I think yeah, I mean definitely I, I agree with you um and and everything you're saying. I think um I think especially Oculus has been definitely um, at the forefront as much as Valve has as well, of course. Um, but then again, I think with Valve, the focus was more on either generalization or gaming, whereas I think Oculus has definitely had the app feel um, from the very start. They've definitely been focused on pushing creators. Um, and then, of course, Medium came along and, you know, has taken off at this point. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, spawned a life of its own with the tools that are now available, even since I think its inception, when I first saw it, probably about two or three years ago, um, to where it is like today, you know, like as software obviously always evolves and the user base changes, um, people do amazing and interesting stuff with it. But I think the results <coughs> that people are able to get through using Oculus has been really impressive, especially the stuff that, you know, you showed at THU and then even beyond that, that you've done um, is is interesting because I think for a long time ZBrush almost held, you know, its own in multiple spaces and I don't think it felt like it was ever going to maybe be challenged. But now uh you know there's apps like of course, you know, Medium, but even stuff now like uh Forger on the iPad, which yeah. also holds on a flame to um ZBrush. But then of course VR is a very unique space. Um so it's a big subject to break down. I don't know how you want to dive into it, but maybe even talk about, um, if you can, mm -hmm. what your first early experiences were of VR and using Medium. Oh, um, yeah. And I always tell the story, you know, in, in my workshops, like 
yeah. when I first uh, started using Medium, I actually hated it. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I was like, what the hell? You can't control. There's no control. How do you, yeah. how are you able to control this thing? Um, mm. So I actually put it down for, I, I don't know, like several months, six months, let's say. Mm. Okay. Um, of, of just like, yeah, it's like trying to sculpt with whipping cream or something, right? Uh, or whipped cream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then at the back of my head, like, man, Geo, you gotta, you know, because my philosophy has always been like, yeah, fuck, ZBrush was hard to use. Like, it took me, yeah, took me a while to get my ZBrush legs. Uh, but, but you know, I pushed through it, and and like I got comfortable, and then there was that moment of click where, oh man, yeah definitely it's on now so i wanted to yeah. at the back of my head okay let's let's do that with medium let's see if you can you can actually achieve that in medium because at that point you have to remember early on it was a very limited set of tools we did not even have any move tool or uh, a lot of the um, additional tools that that work well for form control uh, now um and so it was a it was a struggle. Like I mean, it still took me some weeks to really kind of figure out a process of getting, uh, you know, control there. And you know, there were other artists like Sam um, Poirier. Oh, God, Sam, I'm sorry for mangling your name, but one of the most amazing artists, uh, Sam Poirier, yeah. uh, also working working in medium and and there was yep. Yard. So there was there was a bunch of us who were kind of um, you know really like yeah pushing it and then. And and then so I was I was just messing around with different techniques and was able to come up with with workarounds and through those workarounds it suddenly became the essential uh, sort of process for me to get the best forms even to this day uh, which was interesting like you know it went from a workaround to like oh this is the process for me um, oh wow so yeah so in short yeah early on was a was a struggle but. I just kind of tried to push through it and I, and, and then I got excited. And then in, in my head, you know, like, yeah, I, I definitely want to make it a mission to, to, to help evangelize that this, this tool right here is something viable for artists to, to use, not as a replacement for ZBrush. It, it, I've, I've never once uh, sold it as that, and it should never be sold as a replacement, but as just an yeah. addition to the the toolkit of any artist, because mm -hmm. uh, ZBrush will have its own set of advantages that Medium doesn't, and yeah. vice versa, Medium will have its own set of advantages uh, that ZBrush um, doesn't. And so, with mm -hmm. that in mind, I was just like, you know, trying to do things that that show the potential of the software. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, you guys don't think you can do detail. Uh -huh. prove you wrong i'm going to do a dinosaur with scales or whatever right or anatomy you yeah. can't do subtle anatomy well look at sam's work you know here i'll do one too uh so yeah it, it's been really fun to to kind of be in that scene helping helping the medium team to 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 kind of you know to blast the software out there so more people yeah. are are aware of it and they should uh -huh. be in my opinion you know if you're a a character artist or someone who is interested in digital content creation this 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 thing cannot be ignored in my opinion you know yeah it's and good and for you to consider it mm -hmm. yeah definitely and I, I feel like um for vr especially as a consumer i knew that one of the early barriers of entry was not only 
the computer, but also the headsets were um, initially very expensive and only kind of available to a select few. Um, whereas again, before we started recording, we talked exclusively about the Oculus Quest um, and how that, uh, for me especially, has almost changed the landscape. Again, we were talking, we were talking about uh, Yama, uh, Yama Yurev, who was using... Uh, at events, he was kind of just throwing the quest on people's heads and showing like how easy it was. You know, no wires, no computers. You could just dive into a sculpt or, or, or any kind of app or work without that uh, tether. So has that been uh, for you game-changing also? Do you feel like that the tools are now getting to a point where it's almost like uh, not invisible, but you know, they're less, they're more in the background than they were initially? Uh, I haven't really been using the Quest. I'm using the Oculus Rift S right now, which is still tethered. But, um, you know, I mean, I, the way in which I work is I like to stand in one place anyway. Like, um, right. I mean, yeah, sometimes I kind of move around the uh, mm -hmm. the model. But um, I, right now I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm really happy with, with the Rift S. And yeah. I, yeah, I've heard people use Quest with a link cable, but... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm 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 cool right now. Like, I I'm not really a gamer, like, uh, yeah, or anything. So I'm in VR yeah, the, because of art. That's, that's yeah, pretty much my main use case for it yeah. right now, at I least. Think yeah. the, the 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 Rift S is definitely like the, the next level for a lot of people because the headset is not only super powerful but also very affordable. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's why people are also getting it. I think the Quest, for me. I see it as a mobile production studio where, you know, people have Yama again, for instance, has been taking it to events and showing people how easy it is. Oh, to, yeah. It's convenient. To, yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. Considering where VR was only even a year or two ago mm -hmm. um, to see where it is now, especially with Oculus is, is incredible. But what do you feel are some of the features or key elements of uh, Medium, for instance, that people maybe overlook or something that you have found about the, the software that people wouldn't already know from using it um i think just the the thing that's hard to communicate with showing these 2d videos on the screen of, of my medium works for example mm -hmm. is the fact that it feels like it's there in front of you where when you're in medium right um right yeah uh and and i think people see those videos and they see you know like oh yeah well it's a 3d thing like like in zbrush or uh, forger is it yeah. forger yeah um yeah. but the the ability when you have that headset on yeah. on you to be in the same physical space virtual physical space as your 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 sculpt or model yeah. and then you're able to kind of scale that to say king kong size like right you know, several stories high, and then look at it from yeah. that context. I think it's something that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, mm -hmm. people aren't really considering. Like, um, I've always been kind of preaching that for, for say, film production, for mm -hmm. example, right? Like, if you're a concept artist concepting um, mm -hmm. a character like Thanos or a Navi for Avatar, right. um, they're a certain size, a scale uh, that, you know, you would need to sculpt for that scale so that it looks good on camera and you know right. to be able to see it in the context of a physical um maquette may it mm -hmm. be digital albeit digital uh, it's very convenient because then you can be rest assured that if you give that file to say legacy effects to mm -hmm. to 3d print out or whatever you know there's yeah. no um 
sort of inaccuracies with the camera settings, like say, for example, ZBrush or Maya, like mm -hmm. the focal length was off. And so the, yeah. the creature looks a little bit different, uh, you know, maybe thinner mm -hmm. or wider. So, right. so you're eliminating a lot of that because you're looking at it from the context of scale, which is really useful. Mm -hmm. And right. the most important thing for me is you can look at things, look, you could look at volumes in the mm -hmm. round versus just lim being limited by the flat screen. Uh, yes. And and as as a, someone who, who deals with 3D or sculpts, that is a very important aspect of, of visualizing and executing form. That extra added depth is just so important. Like I can actually properly gauge how the silhouette turns and, and assess mm -hmm. from there and look around, like moving my body around you know, mm -hmm. being physical, like moving around, the act of moving around your legs, your neck, your whole body mm -hmm. uh, versus just statically sitting with your Wacom tablet, uh, um, you know, it's, it makes a difference. And so there's a lot of these these sort of things that I think people, when they look at VR art, they just go, oh, yeah. it's a gimmick, which, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard a lot of. Um, but I think they don't realize that it's that it actually is there for a huge advantage and it's the advantages it brings you as close as you can to your works as a physical object and you know yes. like that 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 should be the end goal right of, of visualizing your work uh digital work mm -hmm. i should say so yeah i think it's also you know a lot of people's dream even when you talk about maybe environment artists as well where mm -hmm. um i knew for vr initially a couple of guys i knew who were working down in the film industry in london they were using um, you know, prefabricated stuff they would make in Cinema 4D or any other 3D program, and they were physically putting the, the headsets on the director so that they could walk about the sets, mm -hmm. uh, pre-vis a lot of that action before it took place, before they had to build sets physically. Um, so I think, like, you talk about the scale, the the being within, you know, senior models live up, and, you know, even maybe when you were sculpting the Hulk in the medium, you know, having the ability to blow him up, you know, to this whole oh, Hulk yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, it's just... Uh, Again, I think it's also just a, a, a previs of stuff that's in VR anyway, because I know for me, when I was using my VR headset and people would ask me, what's it like to you know play a game or experience stuff? I would be like, it's always hard to describe that. You really need to put a headset on and experience that for yourself because it really is hard to describe to people unless they've had a headset on their head. Um, because it does feel, um, even within you know the gaming space or whatever else, it does feel like you're there. Um, one of the most, I think, realized games that came out recently was The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners for um, for the Vive or for just VR in general, and um, or stuff like Vader Immortal. You know, like um, mm -hmm. when you're in those types of experiences, it's almost one to one, and it's hard to tell people like how real it feels. But then when you have the headsets on, you lose all sense of. You know, if you've played a game for long enough or you've sculpted long enough, you've done anything in VR long enough and you take the headset off, right, you almost have this moment where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in my living room or I'm in my office. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't, I forgot where I was for, like, an instance. So, um, but then I think also the good thing with VR sculpting, especially because you're using your hands, I don't know if you feel the same, but when I've used it, it almost crosses that line between, you know, it's 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 building on those fundamental foundation skills of sculpting by hand and clay do you feel like that's a good reference of like where medium sits for you do you feel like it's more traditional tools rather than digital do you feel like you have that um hand-built feel when you're using medium oh yeah i mean totally it it, it kind of um 
it, my approach in medium is different versus zbrush because of it like zbrush it's more of a, a drawing um right sort of approach because of the well the medium you're using the wacom yeah. is 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 patterned after a pen and paper right uh, yeah. and so it's stroke based um mm -hmm. versus a medium where you're actually your motor skills are, are more involved you're moving your arms your body mm -hmm. just as you would with like you know a play-doh let's say a child to a play-doh yeah. that's a, mm -hmm. the, the most sim simple analogy we could we could we could use right now but it's yep. super accurate it's it's like working with with clay or play-doh even right yeah. um yeah and and there's a difference in approach because of that but also i wanted to kind of comment on on like other other things that i think artists should consider outside of the production aspect of medium Kind of right. touching a little bit on that because you know the things that we touched on earlier are more like mm -hmm. you know, vader immortals or like working mm -hmm. visualizing scale for production all right. that is is uh, on, on the production end but i kind of wanted to append to that like mm -hmm. medium as an artist you as an artist and and in, in how you communicate your art the art that you do with it right um, and how to show that off uh you know the ability to to put someone in in a space where they're surrounded by a scene that you've created from your imagination, from your imagination to VR. Yep. That is a powerful thing. And, you know, it's allowed me to kind of think up more of, of stories versus like just, you know, oh, this is a T-Pose character in mm -hmm. solitary against a gray background, you know, like, yeah. Um, it allows me to, as an artist to kind of be more involved and, and be active with my imagination to come up with stories and scenarios right. and, and just interesting scenes to, mm -hmm. to create versus just like production minded, you know, like I'm just going to yeah. do one solitary monster, which I think is a very important thing for, for artists, especially, mm -hmm. especially those of us who come from production like myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I want to ignite. I want a catalyst for my imagination for me to be able to do, do, do more story-based things. And and I think medium yeah. medium will do that to you. So, yeah, I think it's also playing on the the idea we talked about earlier, where the guys I know in, in the film industry were were setting the directors up to walk about those virtual sets. And I think it's also um, what you're talking about, where you can realize those things and first person whereas you know sitting even opening a file in, in a 3d software and, and pointing to buildings and be like oh yeah and this will be here and this will, you know but then physically being able to walk about that space or like you said even you know you know say back you know when you were ilm if you'd had the opportunity to build the hulk and then fire him into you know a new york scene and have one of the directors put a headset on and be like here's what it'll look like you know here's the scale it'll be here's mm -hmm. how tall it'll be compared to iron man or captain america yeah, yeah. Uh, would have been groundbreaking at that point right would have been something that you would have never thought would have been a possible um especially with the, the limits of technology but now um i think it's getting more and more possible that those tools will start to um become integrated within um production pipelines because um i don't think you know i don't know enough about medium probably to, to know this but do you feel yourself having used it and being in a production background do you feel like medium could be integrated um in the near future into either film or game production pipelines oh yeah absolutely i mean it is integrated right now like uh there's a lot of game companies who are using it uh concept artists mm -hmm. um you know in fact if you go to uh the oculus medium 
artist group. I, I don't know exactly where to, they, they've been posting like, oh, these are some of the game companies that are using it. Um, right. I mean, you know, like I think maybe even, uh, yeah, in, in current films it's been used. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's being integrated in pipelines. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So people are, you can export value. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Because you can export those models as any standard kind of industry mm-hmm. file that exists within stuff like ZBrush or Max or Maya or, um, you know, like your OBJ, your CTL oh, files. Yeah. 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 My, yeah. my process yeah. has been blocking it into medium, pump it through ZBrush, substance. Oh, I'm not happy with it. Pump it back from ZBrush back to medium because you can import an OBJ and convert that back into a medium uh, SDF mesh. Um, okay. So it's it should be seamless, just like it plugs into any pipeline, just as uh, ZBrush would, or you know mm-hmm. any anything really. Yeah, it, it would definitely be interesting to see. I think because you know, for a lot of guys I know who are character based, um, a lot of them do come from um, not all, but a, there is a, a select few who come from uh, traditional backgrounds. So they've worked exclusively in clay sculpting um, in the past, and then worked their way up through ZBrush. Um, and I think it's even interesting now how, um, again, mentioning Yama, but also because I think Yama has been um, at the forefront of a lot of the, the, the VR stuff as well. But then his clay brushes and a lot of the, the clay blush renders that are now coming out, you see that cross back into traditional skills like we we're talking about and how people are viewing it as a way to um, be able to sculpt, sculpt traditionally, but also without the mess of the, the clay renders. But then now that it's integrated into production pipelines, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the industry moves forward where you know people aren't shackled to their desks anymore they can be more free you know i know even of some concept artists who not even talk about 3d but 2d have been using vr um to paint and draw digitally in a 2d space as well um, because the tools are so intuitive so um, but then where do you see or what do you think the next uh maybe evolutionary leap is going to be for the vr space for artists particularly do you feel like there's a next step that um people aren't kind of seeing or aren't maybe fully aware of yet that you know of or or something obviously it's good in the things you're currently working on but anything that you've maybe seen in the community even that's or or production that's that's kind of interested you um I, I don't know if I can comment specifically on where VR is headed, but where I right. wish for it to head on the art side of things yeah. is more on the educational front where, you know, I can, I can be doing workshops uh, in mm-hmm. VR, uh, teaching, you know, that's always been my passion and, and has been one of my goals. Uh, in fact, you know, I did try doing that with Mold 3D with um, a VR workshop that we did. I think it's, one of the first if not the first vr art workshop uh, where the students were there physically um so but doing that in vr you know i think is is something i would wish to to see you know sometime i don't know when (laughs) yeah because you've done that um previously even with um I'm thinking your Instagram, you posted that you had been invited along to, for example, the most recent one I saw was Blizzard, where you had a workshop mm-hmm. um, there specifically. I don't know if, again, if you can talk to what you were teaching at that time, but was it was it a kind of just walkthrough medium where you, you kind of just laying down the foundations of how people can use it, um, maybe even within production, or was it just a basic of what VR sculpting is? Or Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the workshops I can definitely talk about. Um, I was yeah. just, uh, you know, showing them pretty much 
basics of medium first obviously they need to kind of know the software the to be able to bit. use the software yeah and then yeah. and then show uh the process and at that point mm-hmm. i i pretty much always when i do these workshops i try not to make the workshop about the software but rather using the software as as a means mm-hmm. to to talk about more of the art focused um theories and techniques um yeah you know maybe zbrush or medium so right. i would show them sort of like how to create form in medium using the layer system um, and showing them the advantages of perhaps character creation in medium you know you have this this ability to control it uh Uh if if you go about it this way um yeah so yeah it's more along those lines those workshops yeah i mean it's interesting as well that you have a sense where you can go to these workshops and teach people vr but then i think it's like anything where you know, I, I can remember who I was watching at the time, but a streamer who was using ZBrush was talking to a student and he was kind of asking, you know, should I start in ZBrush or, or something else I should use? Should I use this program or this technique or this tablet? Mm-hmm. And like the guy was saying, you know, which is very apparent to, to most students is that your core fundamentals will always be there. Um, if ZBrush disappeared tomorrow, you know, and something else took its place, um, you know, the interface would take a, a day or two to get used to. But beyond yeah. that, you're still sculpting the same, you're still building forms the same, you're still focusing on shape. Um, so like, you know, for a lot of guys, once the the VR tools or the medium tools um, kind of, you know, are evaporated and, and they're not paying attention to them anymore, um, you know, your artistic, you know, abilities are already there. You just have to relearn the software. I think it was interesting when I talked about uh, Procreate back in the day and why I loved it so much was because to, you know, compared to Photoshop, procreate almost got out of the road and let you just draw let you just be artistic where medium i think is serving the same purpose where there's less interface and there's less focus on menus and it's more just about creating um yeah. i don't know if does that how you feel with the, with medium is that something you've noticed since coming from zbrush as well yeah yeah i mean at a certain point even with zbrush things just become invisible because you just yeah you just know it like you know even though you have it takes many clicks to get to a certain menu uh, yeah operation it, it, yeah you know you kind of your your body builds a tolerance for it but yeah with medium of course it, it it feels like a little more invisible because mm. it's just you in the space with with certain things that you know you need to click to obviously but um yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's more imme- it's more um immediate yeah, yeah immediate. more important really responsive yeah. yeah i did feel like anyway with with the you know zbrush especially i think it, it almost follows the 80 20 rule where you know 80 percent of the time you're using 20 percent of the interface because you know although zbrush is you know a menu monster um there is only maybe five or six key features that you know like dynamics for instance you know there's only a, a few select buttons that you'll need to go back to time and time yeah, again yeah, yeah. uh so yeah uh so yeah interesting that, that again the vr space and you're exploring that and you're teaching now and i mean it's interesting to see i think even you know at, at this point i think because the the software is so thought out the only next step is of course the headsets that change and you know the, the future of those as well and especially with you know the way oculus is, is it kind of comprise itself as one of the industry leaders for vr headsets um but then it's it's interesting where um i think it's almost like you talked about the production side of it as well is there anything else that you know you feel that people also miss about medium or anything else you would want to cover specifically on the tool set uh no i think i think we covered a good deal on it yeah right yeah okay so so 
moving past even just you know your work and and, and what is it that's kind of driving you from day to day now um on you know you've got your work at oculus you're doing that you know you've had this phone career behind you although you you kind of got this you're, you're play, full doing that basically it's a full-time job um you're still very active in medium you're still active and posting a lot on instagram as well mm-hmm. um what is it you're kind of focus at the moment personal wise is there projects that you're following is it just a constant need to try and get better is that something else that you're following as well with anatomy and studies um yeah i'm all over the place i think but my main goal essentially is to just be better you know that's always right. my main main goal from from day one of, of yep. doing this, just being open and being better and i think mm-hmm. just experimenting with a lot of things um, mm-hmm. you know medium obviously but i'm also just in as much a, a, as in zbrush as in medium right. and i intend to be in substance and then unreal mm-hmm. uh, right you know, doing more of that stuff and as well as collaborating with with people who who i respect and admire just do, of course especially in in these days of of pandemics and quarantines you know like just yeah. being solitary is as an artist is <laughs> not i mean it's good for certain things but i think being social collaborating yeah. with other artists can also be a good thing um, yeah. so i intend on doing that more uh mm-hmm. And just kind of like just trying to be better overall. I mean, that's that's sort of a cliche thing to say, isn't it? But it's so true. No, of course, yeah. but it's something we all strive for. And I think it's always good to hear that in people that you always are trying to get better. Even, you know, guys at your level where you think, you know, know that you've plateaued, of course, but you know, you feel like you you have enough knowledge of certain subjects, but then it's always I mean, especially I think anatomy, it's one of these things. I think even I, I was watching Jim Lee draw on Twitch at one point and People were like, oh, yeah, you've mastered anatomy. You know, you know how to draw people back. And he's like, you know, dude, I'm still learning all these yeah. years later. And Jim Lee's one of the biggest, you know, for characters, especially in comics. Um, but then, of course, now you're talking about uh, the streaming side of it as well and being more social on that end of it. Is that something that you've got planned for the future as well? Are you looking to expand and maybe start streaming or, or building online classes? And maybe not talk too much, you know, if yeah. you're building something in the background. But is there anything in particular that you think you're going to be pushing going forward? Yeah, no, I mean, I think all of the above, right? I, I want to definitely right. be a lot more involved with streaming, um, mm-hmm. just showing a little bit more of my process, especially yep. with, with, with the VR thing, since it's so new. Um, right. And people do have questions, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of like answer whatever uh, mm-hmm. hesitation they may have and all that stuff. So I, I, I do want to do more live stream of that and ZBrush too. Um, and also... Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of just being more involved socially um, with with people, and you know, yeah. I've been given this good opportunity to to have a platform with Instagram, and people are mm-hmm. curious and they seem to like the work that I do and have questions, and so yeah, I want to be more involved in in answering those questions and helping out in the most optimal way, and I think maybe uh, you know live stream or or something or Pod, I don't know, podcasts would, would, yeah. would work. Well, you're taking your first steps here, Gio. You've, yeah. you've, you've, Baby you've broken. Steps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the podcast space now. There's no return. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a definitely an interesting space. And I think uh, Raf has been one of the guys who's almost at the forefront of that because, you know, you look at his Instagram, he's on half a million plus followers. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's kind of found the formula now where he's he's sculpting the, the childhood stuff. You know, Batman has done recently, done the whole mob from them. And 
um, building stuff in ZBrush in like a day now. And, and uh, yeah, but I think there was a great opportunity that Ralph had last year also when he started those character classes. People were super interested because um, I do feel like that, as from my end of it, as a student looking at the industry, there is no lack, but there's almost not as much character stuff out there, tutorial wise. Um, as there is say environment art concept art other stuff um, I feel like character stuff is um, there's only a select few people teaching it right now and then if they're not putting a new content you know every year or, or every so often when the software changes then you do struggle to find good sources one I have noticed has been really good as the flip normal guys mm-hmm. um, those two guys were initially or previously uh, digital digital negative dneg um, and they um, had worked there as creature artists for a lot of stuff. I think actually the last thing they both worked on was possibly Infinity War or Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're out teaching people. They've got their own website. They're teaching people ZBrush. They're teaching. You know, they've got they've got a whole uh, ZBrush twenty twenty intro to for for beginners. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of that stuff out there. But like I say, there's a lack of um, top tier teaching is what i'm probably getting at you know like when raft as a class i think that's why there was an interest because there's there's a lack of people at the higher level teaching that stuff um you know there's a lot of people who will teach zbrush who are um you know not not that they're worse or you know less better but you know they've not had maybe huge production experience have not been involved in you know triple a production for games or movies um so it's good to see i think you know if you if you ventured into that space you're definitely going to see a lot of interest because you have this previous knowledge plus now you're delving into new technology um i think as much as i've been on twitch and its creative section i haven't seen hardly anybody using uh the vr software medium i think it's mostly you know you all get people in zbrush but it's very rare yeah. you see anybody using the vr stuff so that almost could be a a niche that you could build on um for your your streaming technology so yeah, a lot to look forward to, Gio. So yeah, um, so yeah, we're kind of getting towards that time, um, and it's uh, it's been great talking to you, Gio. I've really loved having you on, and um, yeah, no. thank you again for thank you again for coming on and giving up your time. It's um, it was a real honor speaking to you. Um, and if you want to come back on at any point, um, I'll be happy to be your, your second time on a podcast, not just your first. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. It's been it's just like having a conversation, isn't it? It's easy. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's, it's that's what podcasts are about. Then I guess. Yeah, well, they've got to be. I think if you're you're kind of doing the thing yeah. where you read like a script or you're trying to answer questions yeah. one after the other, it becomes a bit stale. So, um, but it's been interesting to just dive into not only your career but your views on VR and, um, of course, there's only certain stuff you can talk about. You know, you're working oh, yeah, on these yeah, yeah. amazing projects. I'm, I'm always super safe. Try to be super yeah, safe. Yeah, of course. You've got to be in this industry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Thanks again for coming on and uh, if you guys have got any questions for Gio or you want to ask me anything um, I'll leave his details in his websites and other things below you can get in contact um, like he says he's trying to be more social so hopefully um, if you reach out a couple of questions um, of course always being respectful and polite um, I'm sure Gio will get back to you at one point and, and help you if he can um, and if there's any content in the future that Gio's putting out I'm sure we will uh publicize it through the drill art cast um if you guys don't know also if you check down the description there's some links affiliate links to cube brush and their marketplace 
also to our Discord that we have. Um, at the moment, we are 100 plus strong at the moment and uh, a couple of good guys in there posting art regularly and having conversations. So if you want to improve or meet a community of artists, um, you can always join the Digital Artcast Discord. Um, and we also have the Twitch stream, YouTube channel. We're on multiple different podcast outlets, including Anchor, um, uh, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. So loads of places you can find us. Um, and of course, as always, um, stay tuned, subscribe, and make sure that you check out our next episode. Um, a thanks again to Geo. And yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah, indeed. And to you guys for, for listening. Um, hope you have an awesome time, um, especially during these lockdown periods. And uh, yeah, again, any questions, drop them in the comments. And uh, we'll speak to you guys later. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you.